Hi, I'm KS Garner, and you're listening to the Solo Nervic Podcast. Today, I'll be speaking with one of the creators and writers behind the graphic novel series, Deaths, Wells Thompson, here to promote book one, currently on Kickstarter. Welcome back, Wells. Hey, nice to be back. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, no problem. Thanks for joining us again. And uh, it's insane if you've been listening to the show for however long. This must be your first episode if you don't know who Wells is. But um, if you don't know, uh, Wells, who are you in your own, in your own words? Yeah, I'm a uh, comic book writer uh, and a cat rescuer and massively stressed out individual. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've been uh, writing uh, for uh, probably the, the, a good 15 years and I've been writing comics for the last uh, you know, six or seven of those, uh, starting out with, uh, with ash cans. And, and now I have full on, uh, ongoing series published through scout. Uh, so it's been an incredible transformation, but yeah, no, that's uh-huh. who I am. <laughs> so deaths, what is this series about? And this is book one, but how many mm-hmm. books should readers be expecting? Two. Uh, <laughs> so deaths is, Originally, we wanted it as, as a full book, as one book, mm-hmm. uh, but it, it, we had to split it into two for, for practical purposes, uh, as much as we would absolutely love the ability to, to go out there and make a 224-page massive graphic novel. Uh, you know, $40,000 is a little bit too much to ask uh, for, for, for people, and completely understandably so. So uh, we figured we, we split it in half. Uh, we get uh, the first half out. It's, it's got its own kind of arc to it and its own really meaty hook. But the first 112 pages, and then we do the, the back half uh, later after we establish the story really, really well. Um, yeah, but, but Depths is a graphic novel about uh, Emil Parker, a 1930s engineer that builds a perpetual diving suit and gets trapped underwater for three years. It's about his struggle to survive. It's about his friends uh, looking for him on the surface and uh, what that means for his mental health. Uh-huh. Spoiler, spoiler alert, it's bad. <laughs> yeah I, I can't even imagine I, I don't even want to mm-hmm. but um uh this series is much more different than what you and Dalton typically write Dalton Shannon is the other half of yeah. uh, the writing team but um with explicit topics of you know depression anxiety and grief while struggling to survive thousands of feet in, in a, mm-hmm. the deep sea how much of your own experiences did I guess Either of you, I don't know if you can speak mm-hmm. on Dalton, but how much of your own experience did you insert into this novel? Well, I have also uh, been surviving uh, at the bottom of the ocean for three. This is a this is a cry for help. Now, uh, obviously, obviously, like you, you know, th- there's a fantastical element to it, but uh, it's it's also a really deeply personal story. Um, yeah, this is uh, something that we both kind of felt in our bones we had to tell. Uh, it's ultimately a story about grief and loss and, and dealing with depression and, uh, and kind of uh, feeling like you're stuck and, and trapped and, and like you're, you're struggling to move forward. Um, yeah, I've, which is, that's the kind of thing I've been struggling with my entire life, that sort of mm-hmm. search, for, search for meaning, search for identity, um, and just generally like, you know, the, if, if, if you have anxiety, you know, just the gnawing feeling that like, you're not good enough, or you're not, you know, you're not doing as much as you can, you know, you need to be doing more, and then you burn yourself out, and you, you know, end up in a worse place than you would have been if you had just chilled out for two seconds. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean, this came pretty, the, the, the impetus behind the story was, uh, 
uh, Dalton, my, my writing partner, who uh, we wrote Frankenstein the Unconquered together, we wrote The Sin of the Dread together, we wrote uh, Mechaton together. But this was the first thing we actually wound up writing together. Um, it started when he uh, went uh, after college, we both graduated, uh, and he was living on his own for the first time, uh, away from his girlfriend, away from his parents, uh, in an apartment complex. He didn't have a job. He wound up getting a job as like a handyman for the comp apartment complex. He is not good with tools. Uh, so this was, this was like already a bad situation. He was just trying to learn on the job and figure it out. And he was working for, you know, 10 hours a day and then coming home and uh, collapsing into the couch and going to bed and waking up and doing it again. Uh, and he did that for about a month and then he broke down and called his parents and moved back home and in that sort of like deep hurt sort of spawned the idea for depths about this guy who is stuck who is who's literally trapped underwater and and can't get out mm -hmm. um and then uh you know <laughs> be, like people have a really romantic notion of of like depression and mental illness like you you know like it somehow makes you a more creative person uh it does not it's it is it is strictly a hindrance so uh he came up with the idea for it but it just sort of sat there for a little while and it wasn't until uh he reached out to me and you know we, we sort of formed a partnership and and started talking with each other and and helping each other out and workshopping our work but he came to me with the idea and said hey i i have this thing i don't really know what it is but i like it and i want to work on it and we started working together and and sort of built it up together as like oh this is what we're trying to explore these these feelings that we've both had the you know our entire lives yeah um so yeah it was it's we like to say it was born out of depression but but really it was born out of collaboration and, and sort of working together uh, yeah which is sort of the ultimate I think message of the book is that you know uh, you have to you have to look for others you have to figure out a way to, to reach out yeah yeah it's, it's like as creators artists you know writers what have you we try to use our art as a way of escaping our struggles but I mm. feel like in a way depths was a way for you both to kind of acknowledge, I guess, your your current or even past trauma and and work through it in a way, um, both oh, absolutely and together. So how much of a struggle, if any, was it to divorce yourself from Emil and James while writing about them? Oh, uh, we just didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, so like, I... I I, I at least feel this about myself that I'm I'm a total hack. Uh, I only really write about what is right and what I'm doing right now. What's right in front of me. Mm -hmm. And like anyone that knows me, when I bring a story to them, they read it and they're like, "Yeah, this just happened to you." <laughs> and it, but but it you know it's it's kind of takes on a life of its own, and I'm trying to explore something else with it. But um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm very bad at uh, at trying to kind of create something new that I haven't experienced and haven't had, you know, haven't had the, uh, the ability to really like think about and live in for a little while. Uh, I think I took that writing advice, like write, write what you know, and like a little too seriously. Um, and it actually like, 
Uh, you said earlier that, you know, it's it's a bit of a departure from what we normally write, which is, you know, Mechaton, which is a very fun all-ages series. Frankenstein the Unconquered, extremely over-the-top horror action. Uh, I think the truth of that, at least to me, is that those are the departures, and this book is is what I've always been doing, is mm-hmm. very grounded, character-focused, maybe a touch of, like, magical realism, but, like, you know, heavy thematic you know, drama is, is what I've done my entire writing career. Mm-hmm. And it's just now that this story is, is allowed to come up to the surface and, and show itself. But yeah, no, it's, this is very much my wheelhouse. <laughs> so, I mean, as you said, you know, you've been pretty much writing for like the last 15 years, you just mm-hmm. got into comics maybe like seven or eight years ago. Um, and then as you just mentioned, you know, this is what you were both working on initially, but then you mm-hmm. kind of didn't really know what to do with it. Um, you want to work on it and collaborate on it, collaborate mm-hmm. more on it before you were ready to really put it out there and to do anything. Um, so why did you both think now was the time to openly discuss and launch in depths? And mm-hmm. how did you learn to trust yourself as a writer that you knew you would be able to write and des- describe such topics uh, appropriately mm. and maturely? Uh, well, well, we've been sitting on this script for a while now. Mm. Um, you know, we, it's, I think we did four or five drafts of it from, from beginning to end. So we had a lot of time to, to look, to make sure that we were doing it right um, and to kind of uh, uh, bring it to life the way that we wanted to. Um, the sort of the two things that that made it possible now are on the one hand as i said it's been sitting there and the sort of the benefit of of uh working with a partner with a creative partner uh, another writer uh is that they uh get to be honest with you you know if you're if you're writing a novel say by yourself um you have an instinctual urge to not believe yourself when you read it and you say this is good this is working um and for good reason you know you you can't if you're this close to something it's really hard to see the full picture Mm -hmm. uh and and even when you hire an editor you know you always have that nagging doubt in the back of your mind like you know if they tell you it's good or it's working like how much of that is just you know they you're you're paying them to say that Mm -hmm. uh where Dalton you know Dalton and I no and that's that's a me problem that's not an an editor problem I don't think that editors actually do that that's just like you always are going to have those doubts sort of 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 is it actually good enough or is you know that happening um but when Dalton's there and and he's you know I I present him with his work he has no state he doesn't care about hurting my feelings we make we rib each other all the time uh (laughs) and he is I've brought him scripts and stories that he's gone this is bad it's still like point blank just like this doesn't work please don't pursue this anymore and I and I'm like great I needed to hear that thank you um uh so there's a lot more trust inherently in that when we both read over it and are saying this is good this really works we we get to believe each other a little bit more uh so that's always been really nice as a part of our partnership but also we have the benefit of, you know, we've been working on this for years and sometimes you put it away for a while. Uh, and when you come back to it, you read over it, and you're like, I forgot how good this was. Like I, it's, yeah. it's not reading it and having all these doubts, it's reading it and being like, wow, we crushed it. Like, this is going to be incredible. Yeah. Uh, 
so there's that like there's the the confidence that like we have both a lot of drafts and a trust in each other and the benefit of hindsight to say this is a good script and we can do it uh the other thing was like purely logistical and financial um if we had come to kickstarter you know a little over two years ago when we started doing this and saying uh and said hey here's our 112 page $20,000 project you've never heard of us before what do you say uh I think we would have made about $500 and been laughed out of the room like no one very few people are actually going to trust that pitch and, and completely reasonably uh so you know putting out five issues of Mechaton putting out two issues of uh Frankenstein the Unconquered built a lot of trust in our audience and in our readership uh that gave us the ability to to put this out in earnest and and you know uh have people trust that we could land the plane that we could that we could make something so big and that we could tell it competently and that they were going to be really happy and satisfied with it by the end of it uh and then i guess the the sort of third thing is environmental uh we all just went through one of the most isolating collective events that we've ever been through. You know, mm -hmm. we all we all just shared trauma together. And I don't yeah. think we've taken the time to process it. Uh, COVID hit a lot of people really hard. <laughs> I feel a little weird saying that because it was creatively, it was one of the most fulfilling times of my entire life was, was getting to stay home and, and work on stuff and, uh, and not worry about, you know, having a part-time job or uh, to support myself. Uh, <laughs> So uh, I, ironically, I got a lot out of it uh, and, and didn't feel necessarily as isolated as a lot of other people did. But I'm, I'm definitely the exception there. Um, we have all felt this way in one way or another, whether it's personally or whether it's, you know, through quarantine, this feeling of being trapped and isolated and not knowing how to move forward, but knowing that you have to get out. And so I feel like this is a story that now more than ever is going to resonate with people. Uh, so yeah, it was, it, it, it's the right time in every metric, I feel, to, to tell this story. Yeah, when I think back on, you know, the lockdown during the height of COVID, I, you know, it was the same thing for me creatively, mentally, it was mm -hmm. great for me, you know. Yeah, it was freeing. Um, it was, it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't until getting back into like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, back into society and having to readjust and kind of just, you know, uh, uh, go with however it, it came because people are still trying to figure out what they're supposed to be doing, you know, as far as like work and you know, sending their kids to school and, and you know, if there's going to be any toilet paper left, if there's, you, know, <laughs> you know, whatever. And I think that, you know, for, for me and maybe for some other people, that was like, you know, the, the suffocating part, the, mm. the, 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 the really big struggle was the readjustment um, because a lot of us uh, prefer the solitude in a way. Whereas, and then some people like to be out and about and like to yeah. socialize you know extrovert versus introvert type of stuff so yeah and then back to what you mentioned about um you know writing and putting stuff away that you wrote a long time ago and then rereading it mm -hmm. I just reread one of my one of my books my second one because the first one I probably shouldn't say this the first one I actually kind of hate it but oh, yeah. the second one <laughs> the sequel to it I loved it I was like holy shit like 
I, the difference in it. Yeah. I trusted myself more in my writing mm -hmm. and you could see that in a way, right? The growth in it. For sure. Like, holy shit, this is really actually really good. I was actually enjoying what I was reading. Yeah, that's always an incredible feeling when you hit that moment as a creator that you, you and I, I think there's a natural inclination, like anything you did more than like two or three years ago, you kind of naturally sort of despise and are like, oh, do I even like this anymore or whatever? But like when you can go back and read something and, and go, oh, wow, I'm, I'm actually kind of surprising myself. This is really good. I think that that's uh, one of the more fulfilling uh, things that happens uh, to that, that any creator can experience with enough practice. Yeah, yeah. But it's, you, you got to put in the practice, which I feel oh, like for a sure. lot of people are so afraid of doing. I was like, well, you, you got to start. You're going to be mm. bad at first. Like everybody's bad at when they first start. Oh, yeah. It's just with the experience and with the time, I think that's how you learn to trust yourself. You know, I've been talking to a lot of other people about how they deal with things and want to dive into sensitive topics in their writing or in mm. their work, whatever it may be. And it all comes down to you know, the experience, building the experience, you know, with yourself from the work and then, you know, your audience and it's just, you know, trusting yourself really and mm -hmm. trusting your audience, wherever, it, you know, that may be that they can handle this and that they know that you're going to do well. You know, again, like you said, you pretty much built a fan base, you know, yeah. or readership, readership is the, probably the better word to use with all the other things that you and Dalton have done. Right. Yeah. But um, outside of working on deaths, mm -hmm. how well do you find balance for your life? How do you typically manage your mental well-being when you become stressed, frustrated, or overwhelmed? Or did you just put it all into deaths and was like, you know, <laughs> you don't have to deal with it. I'll put it all in here. Um, yeah, that's a good question. I think I'm still trying to, to kind of figure that out myself. Uh, especially uh, now and like in this moment, um, I I don't know exactly what the combination of things leading up to it is, but it could be that we're doing deaths and this is a very personal story and I'm stressed out about it. It could be uh, that we just made a major move uh, to a new city and, and getting a new job and, and trying to navigate all that at the same time is very stressful. Honestly, I, I like had a major depressive episode uh, in the last week that was genuinely kind of uh, frightening for me. So it's it's not necessarily something that like, you know, I'm over or, or how I, you know, fully manage it as, as something I have to kind of take in stride every day and, and try and figure out, you know, what best way to manage in the moment. Um, some days are hard and that's all there is to it. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, I I definitely put a lot of myself into depths. And when I when I talk about like, you know, having anxiety and having depression, that's not a um, you know, in the past thing. That's a very uh, you know, it, it, that's a very I constantly, you know, sort of dealing with that, which is which is one of the things, frankly, in the book that I wanted to explore is, you know, depths are the, the, the point of depths is to get out of, you know, the ocean is to, to, you know, make it back on land, but that in and of itself, isn't going to fix a mill and fix his problems. It, those are the kinds of things that he has to worry about when he gets back and, uh, and, and do the hard work of fixing, you know, 
uh, outside of just surviving, which is unfair, frankly, but it is mm -hmm. reality. Um, yeah, I, I don't have, I, I wish I did have a, a more concrete answer for like, how do you manage that? Cause I, sometimes I feel like I know, and sometimes I, I lose all of it, like all at once, but, uh, but I know that working on books and working on comics and, and getting feedback from people who say that they, they really like my books and that uh, it, it makes a difference to them. That helps a lot. That makes me feel like I'm doing something worthwhile. And uh, yeah, it, it makes me want to move forward. Uh, I think we all need like a sense of, of purpose, a sense of, uh, of, you know, I'm doing what I should be doing. Mm -hmm. and I find I find it's hard like the hardest moments of my life comes when I am sort of denied that uh when I feel like I'm not allowed to do that thing that I feel like I should be doing that I should be allowed or that I feel like I'm best at doing that I feel like impacts people um whether it's economically or, or spatially or, or you know whatever the case may be so yeah, that's 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 where I'm at right now is is just trying to sort of maintain that sense of what I'm doing is good uh and you know uh, the the things that I'm talking about matter and 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 are impacting people in a positive way. Yeah. And whatever I can do to keep doing that is is worthwhile. Yeah, for me when I, you know, when I think about my own struggles with anxiety and, and depression, mm -hmm. um, I guess it's, it, for me, it's like, um, uh, it, it doesn't go away. Like it's never going to go away. Um, it's just, I have to find better coping mechanisms in a way mm -hmm. of how to deal with it whether it's talking with someone or maybe doing something creative maybe just trying to get some fresh air um stepping away from something that's not working anymore whether it's mm -hmm. a job or certain people mm -hmm. you know things like that um for me writing and even reading um kind of gets me away kind of gets me out of my head in a way mm -hmm. Um, those gets away from those intrusive thoughts. Um, yeah, I mean that's just what I I try to do, and knowing that it's it's not gonna go away, mm -hmm. kind of gives me a little bit of a little bit of like reassurance. Like I don't, there is no cure for this. I don't need to find a cure for it. Like even mm -hmm. if I do take medications for it, even if I do um, talk to someone about it regularly, it's not gonna go away for sure. Um, and like I say, it's kind of like, it's kind of reassuring in a way, um, and almost certain. We're in in a life where, you know, what we do is really uncertain in a mm -hmm. way. Like we don't really know where this stuff is going, but we just keep going. Whereas, it's kind of like it's it's not the same. Someone who may be who have a, may have like a terminal illness or something. Like you know, or the doctors tell you you know, you have six months, you have a year, two, three years, whatever left. And it's, it sounds scary, but there's a bit of certainty that's there mm -hmm. 
that we don't really have in life in a way so it's no like, I, I see that like yeah if, so, if you if you know it's there you can plan for it that's yeah, that's can, absolutely true you can plan for it and like i said it, it's more of how you you deal with it and how you find ways to deal with it while also trying to live your life mm-hmm. in a way no so, absolutely yeah that's how I, I i try to think of it i'm rambling i don't know no I, I was gonna say this just this has turned into therapy but that's okay <laughs> sometimes we need that uh yeah, no, it's it's a uh, it's a process. It's never it's never something that's solved. Yeah. Um, and and if you know if, if my recent uh, you know pandemic obsession with chess has taught me anything, it's that puzzles that can't be solved are always interesting, but sometimes uh, will drive you absolutely insane and are the kind of things that make you you know hate yourself a little bit. Uh, I'm saying I'm a bad sport. <laughs> don't play <laughs> don't play chess with me. <laughs> I've never won a game of chess, I, I, but I, I love playing chess. I taught my brother how to play chess, and mm. like I said, I've never won a game, but I, I would I would love to play. Even though, <laughs> you know, I always play the knight first. That's my it's my thing. It's you my play thing. the ready the ready system. Yeah, and and I'm I'm a, I'm a London player, so I'm scum, but <laughs> but I like it. It's solid. It's simple. Yeah, I mean, I like chess. It's. Oh, is I guess it's the puzzle aspect of it. Yeah. So no, it's endlessly fascinating. There's yeah. there's there's so many uh, different aspects of it that I love, but that's you know neither here nor there. <laughs> um. Well, is there anything um that you want to touch on that we didn't about deaths um as a whole um maybe discuss for sure. potential back potential backers? Absolutely. So you can uh get first of all you can. It, Aside from just depths, uh, you can pick up any of my other books, uh, Frankenstein, The Unconquered, Mechaton, uh, Descent into Dread, which is our first uh, book that we ever published. It's a collection of, uh, of shorts, of horror anthology, or horror short stories. And it actually features, I'll show the first uh, appearance of these characters that we ever published. Uh, so the same setting, underwater, uh, trapped in this uh, perpetual diving suit uh, in a uh, short uh, story that was drawn by Serge Acuna. Uh, so that's that's sort of uh, a fun bit of like, you know, uh, growth, I guess, of, of this story and how it developed. Uh, but we have, yeah, a bunch of books that I've, I've written and been on. So if you want to grab a whole bunch of books at the same time, just pile up your reading, uh, your, your to read list, you can absolutely do that. Uh, but we include tiers uh, for people of all, you know, of all uh, uh, support types. So if you just want to chip in, uh, 10 bucks gets you the first chapter. You can, uh, first 28 pages, wet your appetite, see if you like it, come back for more later. Uh, 20 bucks gets you the, the full digital copy, uh, 112 pages. And then, uh, you know, you have your uh, paperback and the variant cover for 30 and 40, respectively. You got a hardback for 50, uh, and you can get up to, uh, we have rewards going up to $1,000 of, of stuff from, like, commissions from the artist, uh, all of the uh, add-ons that are relating to the uh, book put put into one place at a discounted rate. Uh, we've got a draw me in tier, so if you want to be in the book, uh, we will find a way to, to slip you in. Um, 
what he, as as a background character, as a background character with a line of dialogue, or as an entire minor character, we have a couple of uh, slots for as well. So all of that is uh, available for you. If you're the kind of person that likes to go really big on these campaigns, we have rewards that are appropriate for that. If you just want to show your support, we're here for it too. We have everything you could want. Mm-hmm. We also have some of the best covers that we've ever made on this book. Uh, Heather Vaughn did an incredible job with the hardcover, uh, and Serge Acuna has this great uh, depiction of, of a giant squid pulling a mill down into the depths uh, that uh, just perfectly sort of captures the the uh, the stakes of the book and, and how intense it is at times. So uh, yeah, I, I love all of the art surrounding it. Um, what you, Tina Sola, my friend from from Nashville, made this beautiful piece that we're selling as a print uh, that is the the campaign image of a mill uh, in this beautiful underwater landscape with these gorgeous bright neon colors, uh, j- just a speck in the frame, essentially showing how absolutely like dominated he is by his space. But it still is is gorgeous, and I would definitely hang it in my house, and probably will once we get it printed. Well, um, are you in Dalton or either of you, are you um, attending any cons as a vendor this year? And um, I guess, where can people find you online to yeah, keep up absolutely. with all these Kickstarters? Absolutely. Uh, the cons are a little bit slow this year for us, but we are going to uh, Fan Expo in St. Louis uh, at the end of June or July, I forget which. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, we really want to be uh at arkansas comic-con uh and uh mississippi comic-con if we can uh those two shows are great for us we just haven't heard back yet whether or not we got the booth so fingers crossed on that one um but we're, we're looking to do more local stuff at uh at our you know uh local comic shops and and smaller cons around uh the midwest area so if you're if you're from the Chicago area, yeah, uh, keep an eye out because I, I I just did a uh, a show at G Mart uh, during Free Comic Book Day, and it was no joke one of my best shows I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Any I've I've been to fan expos, I've been to to Wizard World when it was a thing. We've done uh, you know we uh, we've done some really massive uh, conventions, and just the energy of a small local comic shop bringing people in uh emotionally one of the the best shows i've ever done financially one of the best shows i've ever done it was it was it was incredible so yeah we're definitely looking to do more of that in the near future uh online you can find me uh on twitter at wells thomp it's just my name minus the last three letters uh we have a newsletter uh called comics cats and cocktails that you can check out uh it's once a month we don't spam your inbox or anything uh, and you can sign up for that at my website, wellsthompson.com. Um, I just started a TikTok, well, Wells underscore Thompson. I don't know how intense I'm going to go into that, but if you want to see videos of me uh, alternatively reviewing comics and saying dumb stuff, uh, you can absolutely see that. And uh, always check Kickstarter. If, if this is past the month of May, uh, that's fine. We will probably be uh, promoting uh, another one shortly after. Uh, we're, we're always trying to uh, get the next project uh, started. So uh, yeah, keep an eye out. And uh, again, you can find all of my work here uh, on Kickstarter. You can find it on my website. You can find it on ko-fi.com. 
uh, all of my, uh, uh, the books that we've done on Kickstarter are available, uh, or you can just go there and buy me a coffee. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that too. <laughs> how does it pronounce Ko-Fi? Is that how you pronounce it? Uh, I think it's pronounced coffee, but I always say Ko-Fi so that people like spell it correctly. It's ko-fi.com. But the idea is, yeah, it's, it's, you know, you, you support a creator that you like, there is a marketplace there, but you can also just donate directly to them if you want. Yeah, I have one too. I just never knew how to pr pronounce it. I thought it was coffee and then like the yeah. word lo-fi is out and then like, so cold fry, I have no yeah. idea. So I it's, just yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it, it has a branding problem, but I see what they were going for. Uh -huh. <laughs> And I guess just to add on a little bit, what you said about um, staying local, that's what mm -hmm. I've been trying to tell people when they start, you know, selling their stuff and vending is to try to start out locally because you try to go to these big things like I did Baltimore Comic Con. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just made my money back from the table that Sunday yeah. after being there. But like, if I do these local things at like gaming stores, gaming lounges, or, you know, your local comic shop or just a small one day festival type thing, like mm -hmm. a book festival or whatnot, you know, I get my money back from the table times two. You know, yeah. They the might not even charge you for a table sometimes. They'll yes. just, they'll just be happy to have you in. And then you make like, you know, you wind up making like 500 bucks and you're like, yeah, exactly. why, why don't I do this all the time? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because it, a lot of times these small things aren't really advertised as big mm -hmm. as the other stuff. And I feel like people were just starting out, they feel like they have to mm -hmm. go big, you know, even with, you know, you know, there's a reason why you and Dalton didn't do a $20,000 goal initially, because it's like, right. you knew it wasn't going to work. You had to do these smaller things first. And I mean, even, leadership even and the, the, the goals that we were doing starting out were, were in retrospect, entirely too big. You know, uh -huh. I, mean, I think our first campaign was $6,000, which that like isn't unreasonable for for you know a, a, a campaign or for like trying to get a comic up and running but for a first time kickstarter yeah that uh we we should have gone a lot lower we should have gone like two three thousand dollars and seen how that went but uh -huh. but it worked out it, it's we, we have yet to uh we have yet to fail a campaign we have yet to, to uh, fail to achieve funding and we're really hoping to continue that trend um, whether or not we do another massive $20,000 campaign, it, you know, we'll, we'll see how we feel after this one, but, uh -huh. <laughs> but regardless, we're, we're hoping to keep the streak alive. Uh-huh. Oh, well, is there anything else that you wanted to, um, discuss with the listeners and, and your readers or anything else you wanted to mention? Um, I guess uh, just to, to touching on the top, the theme of, of what we've been talking about, if you're feeling, you know, if this is resonating you and you're you're in that place right now or you feel like you, you can't get out, uh, it is only temporary. Uh, and the best way I find to, to, to get out of that place is to reach out, is to connect with people, find people who understand you that you can talk to uh, because self-isolating is, uh, is, is what ultimately is going to lead you to go further and further down uh, the path that you don't want to be on. So... Uh, so don't be afraid to, to reach out to a friend. Don't be afraid to reach out. If, if that's your parents, great. If that's uh, a friend, great. If that's like a counselor or a teacher or someone, you know, if, if it's a stranger on, on Twitter, 
you know, reach out, do what you can. Mm-hmm. Um, but did, yeah, don't, don't, don't bear that alone. You don't have to do that. You shouldn't have to do that. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's the, that's my piece for the day is, <laughs> is, is don't be afraid to, to, to reach out and make those connections wherever mm-hmm. you can. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, again, I want to thank Wells Thompson, one of the creators and writers behind the graphic novel series Deaths, for joining us here today to promote book one on Kickstarter. All of Wells' socials and website will be listed in this episode's details alongside the Kickstarter link for those who are interested. Again, I'm KS Garner, and you've been listening to the Solo Nerdwick Podcast. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs>